What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare we needed to get this conversation started The NCAA is a messed up. I don't have a voice. Basketball's important to people from the city. And if it ends, I feel bad for the kids here. You have a lot to prove, and you're always feeling like they don't believe in you. Once you're painted as a bad guy in the NBA, that's what you are. Sometimes your emotions take control. Eventually, it kind of turns into aggression. Sometimes you got to go through a storm to find some sunshine. How do you think peace is accomplished? Through war. Finish the game, and finish it hard. Take your time! Lay it in! The lion looked us in the face and he looked back. Fucking loved it. I got next. Y'all got to stop smoking uh, indigo before noon. That's yeah, what it is. Y'all smoking too much indigo out here. I can go outside and find some other motherfuckers to come here and make more noise than that, man. How y'all doing? Let's go. Shit. Man, we all the motherfuckers smoke. Welcome, y'all, man. All-Star 2020 coming to you live. This is our first live show, so if we fuck up, just keep going with it. Y'all part of our first live show. We appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We appreciate you guys taking time to come uh, hang out with us today. We're just going to have fun, talk shit, man. Good to so, see you, my brother. Look at my guy. We We're out back. here. We're back. The hands are nice and yeah. dry. You good? Yeah, yeah. 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 shout out to Sammy. She got those shit nice and dry. It's yeah. just usually wet. Yeah. yeah. 2020. So we out here, man. Like I said, 2020 All-Star Chicago. It's an honor to be out here. 
You know, it's cold as a motherfucker out here, man. Uh, it stopped my smoke intake. If I got to smoke outside, I'm not smoking. Well, we just, no, I'm not going to say that. We're just going to limit the puffs. We might uh, go from 12 quick. to 6. Real quick? Yeah, yeah, get our ass back on inside. But anyway, man, without further ado, man, I want to introduce to me one of the greatest power forwards ever to play the game. Uh, and it's an honor to have him or he went to high school, come back out here and fuck with us, so man, so Legend. everyone welcome, Kevin Garnett. One and only. What's up, everybody? 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 What's going on, yes, man? Sir. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate yeah, it. What's up, everybody? What's going on? Pull the mic close to you. Get comfortable. Back Get comfortable. Shop, I'll give it up one time for KG, man. Give it up one time for KG, man. It's an honor, man. We appreciate you taking the time to come fuck with us for a little bit. Thank y'all for having me on here, man. I've been watching y'all joint, man. Y'all getting better and better. I told y'all this in the back, man. This. Y'all got y'all one, man. Appreciate it, bro. I'm a huge fan, man. But also, shit, before we go going, man, we want to welcome you to the Showtime family. Congratulations, man. I appreciate that, man. Congratulations. Can you explain to the crowd a little bit about what you're doing with Showtime now? Yeah, Showtime and I are teaming up, partnering up, doing the 25-year decision on coming out of high school and the effects that has gotten us today in 220. Now, I'm telling the story on how we got here. You know, you watch... Where do I start? You're watching how the moves and how these kids are playing. You're watching the styles and how they're dressing. You're watching the swag. You're hearing the music. All that came somewhere. So I'm taking everybody and all these young millennials on the timeline like an educational piece almost, you know? So who started this gangster shit? You about to show who started it? Not gangster, but you know, at some point it was a rip in it. You know, like it went a certain way and then all of a sudden it changed. And it changed for a reason, and then we're in that change. We've been in that change you since. You started it because I came after you. I was the year after you, you coming out of high school. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. 96 was like a whole momentum shift for all of us and us being in this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I'm telling the story and documenting it. So, so we you got trendsetters in everything, bro. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So, like you said, 25 years removed from Farragut yeah. Academy. Huge. What, what went into your decision to college ain't for me? You know what, man? <laughs> a lot of people don't know, man. I had my, I had, a, I had a lot of responsibility when I was younger, man. Being you know? fucked up. Nah, not, not, even, not even that, but just you know, helping moms out. You know, I'm from South Carolina. For everybody who don't know, um, and you know, you start working early down there. You know, 12, 13. So, you know, I was used to working and having a job early. So, you know, I got in trouble in high school and got kicked out of school, and my mom shipped me up here just to change up my whole environment and. You know, kind of get me back on the, on the right road a little bit. Um, I had befriended a coach in a camp, at a Nike camp, and uh, she just basically just threw me in here, <laughs> you know, just keeping it 100. You know, got, in, got out of midway, dropped my bags, told me take care of my little sister. So, you know, when I would go on these, these college trips, man, it was all about going to find an assistant coach to open the, open the gym. It was all about asking somebody for some permission to do something. I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm living like I'm grown as hell out here. Like, <laughs> I gotta ask somebody to go open the gym. Like, it just was, it just wasn't, it was no synergy there. For the love of the game and the appreciation and progressing, it was there. But as far as a young man, I was living so fast, I was like, nah. And then um, I had a chance to uh, play. Mike, Mike was out that year and had retired, and I had, I had a chance to play with him in a, in a, in a, in a gym down here downtown. He let me play with him and some of the guys that he had. And uh, Isaiah Thomas was in there. And after we played, Isaiah pulled me to the side and gave me probably one of the more convincing conversations about just playing and, and, and having the opportunity to play and knowing the rules of those opportunities. And that's what really, really this, this documentary is about education because 
if not for what Zeke told me in there, I don't know if I would have known that those options was even there to take advantage of. And that's, that's really what this is about. I exposed a rule and the line that was really fine in there that wasn't nobody contesting. I don't think David Stern or none of the league thought a kid was going to be able to uh, do some of these things in these lines of opportunities, but it was there and I, and I, and I tried it. We're going to visit your career later on, but post-retirement, <laughs> what, what, what has been, what, what do you like? What have you enjoyed the most being done with this? Getting rest. <laughs> yeah, shit. Straight up, yo. You, you, you play so much, you train so much, you train so hard that your downtime and your time that you have to yourself is everything. Right. You know, being able to, you know, take my kids to school, being able to go to little crazy school plays and catch right. Man, mm -hmm. that's, that's huge for me. So being able to do that, it's like everything. So that's probably the best part of retirement. Yeah. People don't understand. I mean, like they said, they see our seasons eight months, some longer for others if you go to the finals, go right. to the playoffs. But we may maybe take a month off, right. maybe three weeks. It depends on you, you know, a, a yeah, person, maybe a little bit more. It depends on each individual. But, but really, it's, 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 it's <laughs> 11 it. months around the, you know, it's 11 yeah. out of 12 months we working. Yes. You don't get a, like all this workload and what is it? Load, load management. Load management. No such thing. I, I wish. There was no such thing. We'd still be in the league, right? There was no such um, thing. We wouldn't allow that. We didn't, we wouldn't I just about to say, we carried a different pride, We took man. pride in playing 82. It was, it was another type of pride in our, in our style of basketball. Uh, for you to be able to practice for two hours, two and a half, some coaches. Practice, mm -hmm. though. Practice hard. I'm talking about you and, you, you and the next going at cat it. going really ham on each other. But y'all pushing each other. Then after practice, matter of fact, before practice, you got a 30, 45-minute joint that you did on your own just for you. Individual. Then you, then you actually practiced with everybody and did, did everything with that. Then after practice, you got another 30, 45 minutes just to sharpen everything. And that's because you know it's going to come to you. You know if it come down, you got to be able to get a couple buckets. You got to, they're going to trap you. Got to be, so you're working on about six or seven different things every day. But you locked into that. Mentally, you locked into that, that work, that plan, that, that, that all, you know, that you took a pride in, in that preparation and being prepared for those, for those battles and being prepared for those games. And, and I never took that light. I never, I, never, I never messed around with that. That was something that I took pride in. And then being able to play hurt. Then they play through something. And I'm not talking about just on the court. Mom's going through My something. Head, man, man something going through something. Mom's something. something. The girl, the this, yeah. the cars, the house, something. The dog's got this. The dogs got out, chased the neighbor down the court street today. You in the game? Da, da, da. The, the alarm went off. The alarm over here went off. You get multiple homes. The alarm in the California went off. You got to yeah, like, like yo, I'm in, I'm in Denver right now. What's going? What? What? <laughs> like, you have no idea what our lives are like. Yeah. But we create this and we work hard for right. it, and we really ride for it. So, just a different brand of basketball yeah. right now, really. Yeah, and that's a, that's a, what what kind of we strive to, to when we have our guests is, is to humanize you guys and humanize us because we go through the same shit everyone else goes through. Absolutely, it's just everything is in front of the world. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And for us to be able to mentally focus on a public divorce or me having to whoop somebody's ass during the middle of the season and it's, it's all over TMZ and ESPN, but we still have a job to do or your mom passing away, you know, or just crazy things and we don't get no excuses. Right. I mean, our job you're is human. to go out there, you know, and to perform at the highest level, but at the same time we're human. So to be able to humanize and let everyone know, like there's real shit we got to go through too, but we just don't have, we don't have the time. I'll be honest, man. The best thing about, I guess, this position is that when you're going through that, a lot of people don't have no outlets for that. You can go out here on this court and act a goddamn fool, and people be out here cheering your name, and really you out here screaming, cussing people out, swinging on the rim, 
just being that animal out here, but you are being able to get that release. out. Yes. Able to release, release that. You know what I'm saying? It's very similar mm -hmm. to punching a punching bag or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. The league or the game for me was a way to escape reality and, and let it all out. Mm -hmm. I love that. Hollywood debut, man. Uncut Gems. <laughs> KG is an actor. That's big time, bro. Oh, shit. Hey, can we get a, a napkin too? And, and, and we supposed to have, and see, my boy, I got to pour his water, man. Hold on, we falling off, man. Oh, uh, no, it's this. all good. No, no, I don't want to pour my water. What no, you mean? It's, <laughs> no, it's cool. Have a, hey, aqua in there or hey, it's man. so cold outside. I'd rather be hot like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got one. He got one. I'm good. We, yeah, good we, got, we got plenty of towels yeah, now. We ready to rock. Bad towel here, right? But tell me what it was like, you know, making your Hollywood debut and getting a chance to work with one of the all time funnies. They me, man. They bamboozled me. They told me I was going to have like a little cameo in it. So you think you just going to show up, be yourself? play a part and uh it was that simple i had the time to be able to do it and, and at first i was like let me let me hear the movie first so i had to meet the southie brothers and we all had to meet big they time was, nick fans right they were super nick fans i showed up and motherfuckers was like oh shit. The Knicks, really? Y'all ain't got no room to talk right now. <laughs> right. We kind of did that for the first five to ten minutes, but then they was real dudes. They was real cool. Um, they was embedded in the culture. I had seen a couple of their projects. Uh, I had been a fan, didn't know that that was them. Uh, they did the Jay-Z uh, uh, video that I was a huge fan of. I didn't even know. I just started to learn, like, these new intangibles about them, you know? And then they started taking me and walking me through this whole scenario of the movie, and um, it was just about me being myself. So I just the first thing I thought was like, man, can I mess up like playing yourself? Like just think about that. And I know being can, can you fuck that up? And I know man. being in the jury store is familiar. Man, I, I'm like, right? Who hasn't been here? Like, <laughs> right. I was like, no, I can be. You know, I can do. I can play myself. So that became like, okay, you can do this. And then. Little by little, they start like piling stuff on. Like I was in another joint, and then I was in another joint. And then I had, you know, at first I had this much to say, and then it was like this much to say. Next thing you know, I got a whole. But that's a credit little, to you, though. That's all you was good at. It, that's though. a credit to you. You yeah. was killing it. Why I got in there, though? I yeah. just wanted to get in, you know. Yeah. This thing I know, I got a little book right here. I got to go back and forth with Adam. It's got to go like this. I got to do it. I was like, what the fuck is this, man? <laughs> Dopest shit. They was like, nah. I said how you would say it, and then just yeah. go. Be you. Like, I, you've been in the jury store before, like you know, just be yourself. So that's why it, it was so like natural. It came off natural. How was it working with Adam? He's one of my favorites. Adam, listen, man, I got to see Adam in his in his in his greatness. His element. A lot of people don't notice that when you step on the court with Michael Jordan, for all of us who's been here and been there, you feel his greatness. Mm -hmm. Almost to the point where you like damn near intimidated when you checking his kicks out. Starstruck. You see you looking at him, you yeah. look, and then you gotta, you know I ain't looking at him. <laughs> But you feel it, you know, you like, this nigga, got the arrow in it? Like, yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. He was so humble, he was so chill, but then again, he had a, when there was an action, boom. Time to go. Oh, man, you, you just felt it, like, oh, wow, you caught the same mic, you caught him looking, and you caught him looking, like, nigga, you got lines in this, and I'm like, oh, shit. Snap <laughs> back. And you get caught up in it, but I was able to experience that. Right. And, yeah. and it, was, it was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable experience. Watching someone be great and play something and play a role and be a totally different person. That's dope. It's crazy. That's dope. NBA today versus 25 years ago. Uh, if there's anything in the game that you would change today, in today's game, what would you change? Um, I'm going to be honest, man. I wouldn't change anything because. 
Our game was way different. This brand of basketball is for this brand of kids. Right. The brand of basketball in which we play was for that brand of individuals that was able to play that. You got to understand, when you play in the NBA team, you earn that position. They give you a jersey, they give you a locker, you earn that space, that square, that's yours. That's yours. You put your belongings in there, your valuables in there, that's yours. You earn that. I don't think it's our place to kind of replace this. This is what it is, yo. This is the brand of basketball that these young kids love to play, and we got to respect it. We got to find the greatness and the jewels out of all of it versus comparing it. Like, you know, I hate when they compare Kobe to Mike and Mike to, to LeBron. These are totally different dynamics and people. They're all great. They're you know all I'm great. Saying? If anybody's played with LeBron James, the most unselfish superstar probably in sports. You know what I'm saying? Just being able to – he was like the Shaq. Shaq could have been a lot more mean than, than he was. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Nice. We thank God Shaq mm. was raised right. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a big motherfucker. Y'all haven't played against a pissed off Shaq. I what? know, right, yeah. Ooh, Shaq getting pissed. What? Yeah, like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mama and O'Neal. Thank you. Thank Word. God for that. Seriously. But it's a different brand of basketball. So when I watch it, I'm like, what the, what the? Uh, okay, the floater in now. That's what they do now. Okay, let me, okay. He could have, you know, and I, and I put something on it like that because I had, to, I had to train. You know, I had to train kids. I had to be able to – I taught Giannis a couple times and, and, and Thon and, and, and a couple young guys, so I had to actually adapt and download gotcha. what everybody was doing and being able to, you know, take the same jewels and how you prepare, how you come in here, and your mindset, and put that with this new style. So, yeah, you know, as OGs, we're going to have to make the download. Even though it ain't our preference and this ain't what we used to, that's also our brand of basketball. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, gotta, we, we gotta adapt. Yeah. You know, no doubt. to me, it, no it, doubt. the game is at an all-time high now. So some would say there's no defense, yeah. there's no this, no that, but the game is at an all-time high, an all-time global mark. People are making more money than you can ever. People are getting $40 million a year to throw a ball between, you know, in a yeah. hoop. So to me, older players, it's not this, it's not that. Like you said, we have to adapt. This is what it is for right now. It may stay this way, it may go back, it may not, but we have to adapt to what it is today. The game is entertainment right now. You want to see as much D as if it's going to drive the offense. Like, I don't like to see Matt get D'd up till he start bobbing and throwing that bitch out of bounds. I'm like, all right, that's too much defense. I right. want to see him yeah. get some of this shit off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At least when I'm watching James cook, I'm kind of annoyed that he cooking, but I want to see what he cook up. Like, yeah. 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 So I'm kind of like, ah, but I'm like, ah. Oh, <laughs> so I, you know, I get caught into it, too, but right. I have to respect it. This is their brand of basketball, mm -hmm. so let me see the best of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Your early years, who did you pattern your game after? Mm. Oh, man. Coming uh, in the game. Uh, coming in the game. Because, like, you know, a lot of people will say it was no KG before KG. So who did you pattern your game after? You got to know that guys like um, – I seen you in Ronnie Fields in high school, so yeah, I know yeah, in yeah, my yeah, mind yeah, it wasn't yeah. no KG, it wasn't no Ronnie Fields. But you had guys like Webb, you know, like I look at Webb and Big Dog, even though we're in the kind of same generation, but those are my older brothers, Rasheed, Joe Smith. Like those are my old, you know, but when it came to big, big brothers, you know, obviously uh, Carl and, 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 and Charles, they were older. Uh, David was uh, as agile as you want to be at the position, but for me, Magic was like the potential of what you can be if you had some handles. So then I was thinking, like, man, what if Magic was, came from the hood? You know, like, what if, like, Magic had, like, a DMX kind of attitude with this shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if, 
Like one thing I loved about Webb, Webb used to dunk oh, it on you. Yeah. Like you ain't no yeah. laying it up and he yeah. gonna put you in the basket. So mm-hmm. the, all the kicking each other and you know, we from Onyx, we from crack babies, yeah. we from yeah. we from gang banging, <laughs> yeah. you know, all you know, that. right. So when we was playing, that's how that's how Wolf out. used to have us out here, like, yo, swing on the rim, growling on mm, smell on one, smell his cologne, what he like, <laughs> yeah. you know that. So yeah, you gonna smell my cologne. I wanted to be able to be versatile from a seven foot perspective and not have any limitations. I didn't want any when I came out here on the court, I wanted to have the advantage, and I wanted you as the opposer to know I had the advantage. And then I'm going to watch how you adjust to that. Then I'm starting adjusting to you. Now I'm seeing how eager you are. Now I got you going off pump fakes. Now, now I'm just going. And I always picked that up early. And as I got into the league, I started getting knowledge from older players, Kevin McHale, started getting taught what I was actually seeing. And then I just took it to another level with creatively. Because once you can teach something, that's when you know you have it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay, besides pot pattern in your game, who did you watch growing up? Like, who did you so watch on TV? Chris Weber and Big Dog. That's was who you everything. watched. Yeah. yeah. Even though she was like still like kind of like right there where I can, Webb was like the old school. I wanted to be like Webb. Webb was like this big ass, like Charles Barkley, but he was a chocolate nigga. Yeah. Mean to you. <laughs> <laughs> he was me. Yeah. Shout to Webb. Yo, Webb's dunk. Webb wasn't laying nothing up. Webb had these huge ass yeah. hands. He was dunking on you. <laughs> got a crazy story. And I first got in the league and I played against Webb. Yo, he caught it and I looked and he shot a jump hook and I looked and he shot the jump hook and I looked at him. And Sam Mitchell, right after he, right, right after he, right after he hit the jump hook on my head, take it out, whatever, he came up and he slapped the shit out of me, Lord. Slapped. I said, what the shit? You can't do that out here. You can't be a fan out here. I know you love him. You yeah. got to bust his ass, though. Yeah, and that was the last time that ever happened. Yeah, Straight up. He slapped the dog shit out of me in a game. <laughs> and my favorite player shot a jump hook on me, and I was in awe of it. And I, and I had lost it. I lost all, all the fan. I had to actually put it you to the slap side. Slap the fan out of Slap the fan out because I seen Diesel and did the damn thing. Like, you seen Shaq first time. Yeah. You ain't never seen Shaq first time, first time. It's like I seen the A.O.B. Starstruck. Man, Shaq came out like, God, I kept looking up. Meanwhile, I'm seven foot, y'all. I was like, God damn, and Shaq arms like, like a, this. Shaq was like, what's up, what's up, big fella? You know, he talked real fast in this, that country fella. What's up, yeah. big fella? You know, you yeah. mama good, everybody good, everybody good. Then he always gave you that little quick hand, like, you good, you good? Yeah. But Diesel's, he's just, Diesel's good, good people, man. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, man, Webb was, I wanted yeah. to be like Webb. I wanted to be a better version of Webb. Yeah, solid. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. 
lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So me and um, me and Matt have the same passion, but I always tell people our passion for the game and what basketball means to me, you cannot teach. You know, I, I knew what basketball could do for my life, my family's life. You know what I mean? Your passion for the game, your emotion for the game, what, what, who do you credit that to? Energy, mom, your energy, uh, my, too. My mom, my mom. My mom is a, a straight-up G, Shout just straight up. Moms. Yeah, and uh, she used to work graveyard. If y'all know what graveyard is, graveyard is third shift. Six to six. Six to six, you, you, you work through the, the night. Six in the, the morning. morning. Right, yeah, she did that for a number of years. <clears throat> and then watching that, watching how she would come home and still have energy to get us ready for school, get us to school, and then we had to actually go to school, be some. So, you know, we was under that. So whenever I came out, I understood responsibility very early. So when I would, when I would prepare for something, or you know, whether it was a school project or whatever, I would put everything into it. So when it came to practicing basketball, I used to get my ass busted. I, used to play, I was in a rougher neighborhood, then I moved to a nicer neighborhood. And in this nicer neighborhood, they didn't play football. They didn't street fight. They didn't slap box. They didn't, you know, they was more polished, polished individuals. You know, they wore collared shirts and polos, and that was my first time actually, like, what the hell? was seeing like black excellence. You know, it's like right. a better neighborhood. But it was where, where, where parents were doing better, moving from the hood. That's when that whole transition started. Where you had a backyard and front yard. You couldn't tell you shit after that, right? Coming from right. the projects, right? <laughs> and uh, you just thought you made it. But down here, they was playing basketball. So to be better, I just... I used to work on my shit. I used to watch Derrick Coleman. I used to watch mm. Kenny Anderson. I used, to, I used to have fans of people that I wanted to be like, and I worked on that shit. But then working in all this, I used to always put, like, my version of that mm -hmm. into, like, how I would do it because I, wasn't, I didn't have big shoulders. I wasn't this big, you know, mass of a person. So I just had to, I used to always creatively make it work for me. Uh, but my mom was the first part of me learning what hard work and pushing through and, and being mentally strong. She was my first and probably my only decent example in which I obviously took from players and stuff, but when it came, I never got to see MJ practice or prepare, but I, I prepared with laser focus and uh, laser concentration so that when I got on the court, I knew exactly how it was going to be, and I was following that vision. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, to touch on that, like, it's, it, it's crazy because before I even met you, seeing you play basketball, I knew that we would relate. And now you talk about the graveyard shift and all like we we basically the same person. Straight up. Because like I can I can see how your mama made you strong because y'all y'all got y'all gotta I'm a I'm a I'ma reiterate that on that. Growing up, you come home from school four five, your mom at work. Right. Six you, in the morning, you getting ready, ready to go to school, work. Right. she coming home. So you don't even see your mama some days. Right. You know and, what I'm saying? She's so tired like, on top of that. And and then now you're relying on your grandmother, somebody else to be that parent. No doubt. So that, that shit can take a toll on you. Absolutely. As a kid. Right. Now you're trying to figure out how you gonna 
get the wisdom and stuff to make it. Because your mom, it works, you're not getting it from her. So, so just, seeing, just seeing your passion, like before I met you, I knew that I was going to relate to you. And, and even now, I have the utmost respect for you. But I knew we was going to relate. And I knew kind of our same upbringing was going to bring us to the same place. Well, it's energy, too. I mean, I think, obviously, you know, your energy is what I was always drawn to. And you were one of the players that I was just like, man, I wish I could just play with this dude. You know what I mean? Because when I talked to Almost like, did. Right, we'll get to that too. Talking about uh, Big Baby Davis and, and Nate Robinson and Perk, they're like, damn, you and KG would have got along like this. Y'all motherfuckers are just both out there going crazy. You know what I mean? So I just loved your energy. You're starting into pregame, where mm -hmm. you motherfucking running and breathing hard and slapping the back of the basket. Full sweat. Trying to, oh, I'm just like, it was watching y'all. Yeah, yeah, we watch. You know we watch. You know we watch. We one of the greats. Saying, right? You gotta watch. Instead of doing that shit, they're not here yeah. watching. Yeah, right? we watch it. We watch it. <laughs> we watch, and we watching greatness. We know yeah, what greatness is. Come on, is. man. We respect. But speaking on speaking yeah. of that, let's talk about the uh, Western Conference in the nineties, early two thousands. I mean, that all those sports. You had Tim Duncan, Rasheed Wallace, Carl Malone, Barkley, Dirk, Barkley, Dirk. I can see Webb. I can keep going down the line. McDice. Every night you had to be ready. You know what's crazy is um, the West was the West was mm, the wild West. Bulletproof God. vest every Man, day. Listen, I know the guard play right now in sports is kind of like you know the it guard play nice, yeah, then. right. But the power four back then was like every night. It was it was it really wasn't a night off. Mm -mm. You know, you would have guys who. Um, uh, I would even throw Danny Manny in this, yeah. man. Like little yeah. guys that you wouldn't necessarily. Uh, um, Derek McKee from mm -hmm. uh, from Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, nobody really talks about Big Dog, you know. Um, Webb, Rasheed, Dice. Dirk was young, but then he came into himself. Mm -hmm. Joe Smith. Nobody talks about mm -hmm. Joe Smith. Like, yeah, Joe man, it, it was a, it was it was a Charles Barkley, Carl Malone. Like it was. Mm -hmm. And then David Robinson would float because Dennis Rodman played five. So he would float sometime to four, and he had all agility to face you, hit you with a, you know. So every night it was, it was, it was just, it was just a challenge at the, at the position. But at the same time, while you sitting up here, you know, appreciating everybody else's style, you really having to like own your own, yeah. And actually come with, like I told y'all, steel sharpen steel. And I used to always be prepared for whatever, and whoever. And I didn't want to ever be uh, the one that didn't have the energy or or didn't have the know-how. Like everybody that, that, that has ever played with me would tell you two things. I'm prepared to play and it's whatever. Like I'm one of them, <laughs> I'm, one of them I'm one of them teammates that's gonna ride, even mm -hmm. if you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm riding with you. We'll talk about how wrong you are later, later. but right now Family. we're in it. Yeah. We're going. Right throw Family. it, throw it. Like we out here. And you know, my mentality has always been like that. So that's why when you know, I, when I when I befriend somebody or we become teammates, to be really feeling like we family because mm -hmm. that's how we hold it. That's where it goes. But yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, two, the early two thousand was a yeah. Who's your toughest matchup? You think? Yeah, all of them. I mean, you, you bust everybody's ass. You no, know, what who, who got I, you I was about to say that. You go both I ways. I want to know yeah. who got yeah. you. Who got you? Listen, like, my God first, damn. my first goddamn was uh, Big Dog, man. Ooh, on, on, a, nice. on a, you know, I'm thinking uh, Milwaukee Big Dog. Milwaukee big dog. Yeah, that was like, a whole this is like, person. you know, my mm -hmm. rookie year, I'm coming in here. And plus, I'm used to in high school playing bigs. I wasn't used to playing uh, threes and chasing Six, people off guards. off guards and then have a crazy handle. I played a couple of guards, but not not like this. Not like this. You know, big dog. <laughs> no, nah, not like this. Big dog was a whole nother level. And I was like, holy snap. Yeah, like 38 in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a preseason game. You know, preseason, you're supposed to be taking it light. You're going through the motions, yada, yada. Big dog out here dripping. He out here ah, ah, making noise and growling and talking shit. And, 
And I ain't gonna front. I was like, I, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was over my head. Mm -hmm. And I watched the film. And then I watched the film. And I took, uh, took a nap. I woke up really early. I watched it again. And each time I watched it, I got pissed and more pissed. And, and then coaches were telling me how he was breaking me down. And then I started figuring it out. Oh, okay, he coming off picks like this. Look how he took the angle. He crossed me up right here. My hand ain't even. So I started picking up the intangibles. You don't even know that in the game, y'all, that um, the small stuff, the hand contest, the swipe at the ball, you know this, the little slap at the knee, all that means something in basketball. If you don't do that, and he goes up and makes a clear shot. That's your ass. He can make that. You put your hand up, it changes the whole dynamic of that. So when I figured that out, I started like, oh, okay. And I'm tricks. good at mathematics, too. So I was always angles. When I would attack somebody, I would attack somebody shoulder to shoulder because I knew they had the move, and then I would spin back for a left or a comeback. Mm -hmm. And then when I was spinning back, I got that web me tell, I'm going to dunk this motherfucker on this dude. <laughs> so I was on that. Like, man, like, and then as I started getting better, I started seeing, like, the competition falling off. And that, hmm. chest your, that put just, your chest man, down I started, I started eating that alive. I started getting off on that. Like, I, was, I would face guys and, look, and then look them in the face and, like, look at me. And I would have guys like, you know, Tony and Antoine Jameson. I used to love it. Him and Chris Bosch would never look at me on the face. Up. Look at me, nigga. No, they would look, yeah. look at me, nigga, yeah. on the face. Up, knowing I got the whole clock in my head. Yeah. And I was swinging. And I always knew I had that. So yeah. I used to always play to that. But, you know, this game is about being dominating. And if you're not the one stepping on somebody, then you're the you're one being stepped on. Stepped on. Yeah. And I hate to put it like that, but that's, that's yeah, what shit. it was. Yeah. And if you didn't come with your best, then you got embarrassed. Yeah. Straight like that. I, got a, I can't forget Antoine Walker. He in there. Cybertron was a motherfucker. Yeah, he was a super monster. He was the first that had the candy with the big fella who had the, all the handles yeah. and the yeah. all trickiness and the floaters and the three ball and the knock knees. Cybertron was a motherfucking headache. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. Then Zach Randolph and all these other little guys start coming into the game, just start making it all just just pushing you, pushing mm -hmm. you. League was dope, man. I, I enjoyed it. my time in the league. That's I can't speak up. for everybody else, but my shit was magical, y'all. That's what's yeah. up. Never a dope moment. I you know remember a friend of mine, yeah. I definitely give it up. A, uh, a friend of mine, a former UCLA Bruin, Jelani McCoy, said he played against you somewhere. Oh, yeah, in high school. And he said yeah. you got all the yelling and dunking and yelling and blocking and yelling yeah. from you. Where did you? He played with Term. Listen. He played with Term? Him yeah. and Term, term played listen. one game. Listen, shout yeah. to Term, shout to Five, shout, shout, out, shout five, out to the man. whole West. Yeah. Don't ask me no question about this story, all right, y'all? Just listen to the goddamn story. <laughs> So when I'm, I'm if, in South Carolina, there's not a lot of uh, tournaments and not a lot of uh, national exposure. So I would go, I got, it, I got invited to Nike, which was in Indianapolis, where I met AI. I met a lot of my future friends there in that camp, Ronnie Fields, everybody that was there in that camp. So in that, you got like, you're not supposed to at that time, but you got like little hang, you know, niggas hanging out and motherfuckers over here. Hey, I'm K-Swiss. Hey, I'm and Adidas over here. We, we in New Jersey. So it was a bunch of that going on. Yeah. So I befriended a cat that was from uh, L.A. and he was with uh, K-Swiss. I don't know if y'all sneakerheads. I'm a huge sneakerhead, but K-Swiss was one of my favorite. Right? What? All whites. I should like the K-Swiss with the navy blue slap on the yeah, side. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, right. You already know, right? So he was like, yo, hey, I can't really give you all the shit Nike in, but I can fly you out, whatever. You ever heard of Paul Pierce? Like, Paul Pierce? Like, nah, who was that? Like, nah, cat on the West Coast making a lot of them. You ever heard of J.R. Henderson? Like, what? You ever heard of Ricky? Start naming all these West Coast cats. 
Ricky Price, and these yeah. are all hitters, y'all. All, yeah. Everybody I'm naming is somebody. Animal, yeah. Toby Bailey, like all these cats, right? So I'm like, man, I ain't really, you know, I'm over here. So he's like, but come out here and see what we talking about. I thought he was full of shit. And see, I know I get this joint. I get my first time being on the plane. So me and my mom, we get, you know, I take my mom. I'm uh, 15, 14, 15. Me and my mom go to Vegas on this little whatever. No bread, no nothing and this shit. So I'll take care, but it's AU. So I meet Paul Pierce. Before we go to Vegas, we got to go to LA. We go to Inglewood. So the first, you know, I'm in Inglewood. Like, what is, you know, Inglewood High. Meet Damani in there. Shout to Damani. Mm-hmm. Term five, whole little, you know, whole west, the whole joint, the whole LA right mm-hmm. now, right? So P in here, I see a little fat kid with like a little curl. Oh, top. <laughs> Man, he had the Matt Barnes in, you know what I'm saying? He had the, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, who is this little fat? So I'm watching him play ones, but then P went up and crossed it, nice. then dunked that mom. I'm like, damn, this little fat motherfucking jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get to mess around, we get to playing, we run out, we run like a little practice, and it all clicked. We all joking, talking shit, yeah, yeah. We go to Vegas, and the first thing P say to me is, look. These LA niggas gonna be on one team. This nigga Shea Cotton. Mm, These niggas yeah. all gonna be cool. Shea like Cotton was Cotton. LeBron before LeBron. He was oh, yeah. he was the Ronnie Fields of the West Coast, like yeah. this ninth eighth grader who had Incredible. super all awesome. sports illustrated covers. He in was the ninth Bill grade. Bright. He was he was before his time. Man, yo. Shea Cotton and he was left handed and he was nasty. Unbelievable. And he was a nigga, y'all. He won no bitch yeah, ass. Nah. Dunking that moment, Animal. talking shit. He was with smoke. He was with whatever. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, he was probably a little meaner than LeBron. He wasn't oh, that no, nice. He was not ten a nice times guy. meaner. Ten times meaner. Shea Cotton was respected, though, like, at yeah. an early age. So I was, I didn't even know none of this. So I'm like, hey, I'm with whatever. I don't, you know, I don't care. Let's hoop. So he, he pointing everybody out. Look, that's J.R. Henderson right here. Look, that's Jim Milan and McCoy right here. This is this Ricky Price right here. Look, this Toby. So I'm sitting up here like, mm, okay. We, re- we really looking like Lennox and DMX in the joining belly. Yeah. You know, looking at, yeah, I see him with the feathers in his head. Yeah, I see him. Fool. Yeah, he don't look that big. So I'm, we over there like that. Yeah. So I'm over here getting like a check of everybody. So I'm watching Jelani outlet everybody's shit. Jelani yeah. McCoy, y'all, was one of the best high school shot blockers I've ever, ever seen. Yeah, no question. I'm just like, so just how he anticipated it, how he, and he talking shit. No, he throwing it. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, Okay, that's what he on. Yeah, that's what he on. So we all get to where we go in the championship game. I'm already knowing I gotta be a I gotta turn it all the way up. So I'm all the way turned. I'm on a thousand. So when I'm throwing niggas shot, I'm no peace. Mine. No. Yeah. Blocking your shit, putting it in the rim, taking it out, yeah. <laughs> hitting the rebound, hitting the backboard twice. You know all the little shit yeah, you doing yeah, out of young, yeah, yeah. young shit. So I'm no, mine, no. So I'm just I'm just oh go tenning, I'm doing just, you know, like what? Set the tone. We beat them niggas. <laughs> P Bone Shay, they go back, you know, but we beat them. We win and whatever. I go back to South Carolina. I don't even know. But P stock go to the roof. You know what I'm saying? So next thing I know, I see P, he damn near 30 pounds slim, shitting that business, he doing all type of other shit. Oh yeah, you know, like we, we growing out of our little bodies. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was my first kind of read to the interaction with Jelani. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we were we were all see, like, see, as I'm sitting here saying this, so many guys get caught like in the wave of just yeah. Because Jelani McCoy was a real one. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, you had to have, you had to move him. You had to have a whole package of moves for guys like that. Shay should have had a long career. Shay mm-hmm. should have had a 10, 15 year career. Man, listen, mm-hmm. easy. Him and NBA. Ronnie Fields, dog, mm-hmm. it was the mm-hmm. two biggest. Uh, uh, what else? Listen, Shay Cotton, Ronnie Fields, and Lenny Cook. 
The league missed what out if? on all three of those mm-hmm. yes, yes, being Tremendous prodigies talents. and being basketball legends in their own right. Mm-hmm. Respect. Yeah, That's real shit. Shout out Shay Cotton, Ronnie Field, both my classmates. So you caught MJ's last three-peat, 96, 97, yep. 98. I did. Everybody <laughs> did. We all did. You caught it. We all caught it. We all caught it, man. Tell, tell, tell me what that was like. Mike was heat, man. You see how I went? Like in the back, I, uh, Matt was sitting in front of me, and I went like this to him. I said, did you feel that? He said, yeah. I said, that's how Mike was, yo. Like, and he just, when he was on the court, he was just he heat. Felt the wave. He didn't have to look at it. Listen, he was a dog. You understand? Everybody think Mike used big words and charisma and a smile and the, <laughs> it's a whole nother side to that, y'all. Who? I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, 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 and any and anything that would either shake or rattle or wasn't or came off as disrespectful, he reacted to it, and it was motivation. And I actually took a little piece of that out from when you play because when you play, dog, y'all don't understand that you got to be in a certain. Me and Jack can be best friends. I can be cool with Matt, but out here, I got to put Matt on his ass for this layup. Have because to. if not, when I get back to the locker room and the door shut, it might turn into something else for me. Man, let me I'm tell y'all, the way he greeted now. us walking up I'm here is a de- totally different way he greeted us for a game now. He, ass, he, he, don't, he don't give us that much love for a game. It's, it's some real shady-ass shit for the game. It ain't real shady. It's just <laughs> it's that I'm drawing the line in the sand, and right. you know where I'm at. Bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? It ain't the same as when we bought it. Like, what's up, boy? You okay? <laughs> yeah. Nah, I got to kill you out here. It's you one time. It ain't nothing personal, but. Kill or be killed. Yeah. And it was harder with friends like Chauncey, T. Lou. I'm glad all my friends were guards. You know, I didn't have to guard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when I befriended Sheed, it was hard playing Sheed. Sometimes G Trent was one of my good friends. It was hard playing those guys, but I know they out here trying to, they right. in my throat. So, yeah. you, know, it was, you know, it was easy to hit you that. You were a target. Split. Absolutely. You were a target. What's your best MJ story? Oh, man. Um, my best MJ, well, one of my MJ story was, uh, what, what, what my fame, uh, what my favorite MJ story is, since this is out there, um, we in Chicago. You know, it's my rookie year, the second half of the year. You know how you, you know how you're not caught on now, right? Now you got your little one, two moves. You getting them all right now. You got some confidence, right? So I'm, I'm in that. So I'm in the wave. I'm playing decent. I'm starting whatever, however. Ooh, we get to Chicago. <clears throat> Ronnie was just in the bad crash. I, I haven't had no sleep, so I'm on a, I'm on a getting back to the go. I got about 70 people at the game, the hood in here. We all in here, right? <laughs> So I'm just on one, but I haven't had no sleep. I'm just on like a, you know, I come in here, man, and it was hard seeing my partner in the bed like that. He had a big-ass halo around his neck, but he yeah. was such in good spirits, man. Phil, shout to Ronnie Phil's. He still was dunking with that shit on, too. <laughs> Listen, bro, he was dunking that motherfucker, doing the same dunks with the halo on his head, which is crazy. Anyway, I, I, I'm playing, right? But Jr. is having a good game. You know, J.R. Mike. J.R. Ryder. Like a, yeah, J.R. Ryder. Mm-hmm. Shout to J.R. Ryder, right? Easy Ryder. So I'm like, so as we come out the timeout, just, just, I'm on, y'all. Y'all, I can't even explain it. I was just like, yo, keep, yo, keep killing that nigga, yo. Killing that nigga. Boning him, yo, straight up. You having a good game, Joe. Keep going. But it was on some, like, just fly by. Like, he was like, yeah, you too. So as I'm walking off, the nigga right here. Mike can hear me. But I ain't really, I don't really give a fuck. So I'm like. So I double ballot. Yeah, man. Keep, keep killing that nigga, yo. You killing that motherfucker. <laughs> so as I say that, I feel it. <laughs> Hands on hips, legs locked. <laughs> then look. The nigga stabbed me for about 15 seconds. You feel that? So I start to feel it. There's two ways you can go in this. 
I can walk this off out like I don't even feel it and play it off and, and dummy out. F fuck that. Now I'm in here, I got sim. Turn this Keep killing this nigga. Okay, keep it up. So I hear JR go, yeah, all right, yo, fella, keep going. Yeah, you too. So he's trying to get me off and over. I don't even, you know. Now that I recall it, he was trying to kind of Back just get off and over. So he go, so I double back, go, and get ready to say something. So he go, hey, look, Mike, he don't really know how we, I see him and Mike having a conversation. So he's like, he don't really know he excited. Whatever. So now MJ on the back leg joint. You know, he's oh, leaning yeah. on you. Yeah. Like, Is so that he, right? Like, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, huh? <laughs> I can't even really describe the next like six to seven minutes of play, y'all. In this next six to seven minutes of play, y'all, we get two, not one, two 10 second calls. You know, when you bring the ball up, you, you, you got to get across court, half court. Two 10 second calls. We down 25 now. It was just at two. <laughs> Mike had 18. He had like 40 now. JR, myself, we ain't scored in like about four minutes. <laughs> and I subbed like three of the starters. Like it's just finally flipped. It got bad quick, yo. <laughs> I come to the joint and then they know this. When you come and you've been on the run, you're not got back on the floor, got back, had to rebound, had, and you feel like you on defense all the time, you come to the bench like this. <sighs> so, I was like, JR, man, my bad, my, my bad, dog. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. He was like, it's cool, man. I told you, just shut your ass up, man. You're not fucking. So, so you got in between the Gatorade there where you like, damn, and next thing you know, we over there like this. That's it. <laughs> And Mike came down. Okay, young fella. Okay, okay. Damn, young fella. Damn, damn. Y'all, y'all done. Damn, young fella. <laughs> Never talk shit to Mike ever again in life. When I seen him at All Star. Apologize, hey, man. You know I was fucking man. I ain't never did it to nobody else, but I had that man. Look, respect, man. That's, That's, my right. That's Mike, baby. Then I, was, then I apologized to Jr. My fault, man. I didn't mean to get your motherfucking ass busted. Man, hey, what Jr. said? What was Jr. response? Man, I told you chill out, man. All right, young fella. But Jr. was like a cool big cool brother, man. Fuck. Shout out to him, man. Him and Sam Mitchell, oh, they were they were great vets for me, man. Him and Terry Porter, they were they was real vets. These were real G's that a hey, they had messed up. So when I came in, they was really cracking the whip on me on just walking the fine mm -hmm. line. That's important. And they didn't really understand that shit. I wasn't gonna mess this up for nobody. Mm -hmm. I don't need y'all to be on me like this. But yeah, I ain't finna fuck this up for me. Mm -hmm. And what y'all talking about? So yeah, I was locked in from day one with them guys. That's what's up. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Trash talking is an art. I think probably, to me, I may have missed some guys, but you and GP were the best at it. Where'd that come from? I'm in the top ten. Uh, <laughs> I might not be top five. I'm top I, I always say that the trash talking, you got to be able to back it up, right? Facts. So the first thing about trash talking is, uh, I, I would I would actually consider who was talking to trash, and then if they had the ability to back it up to whether I was going to actually engage with somebody. But then you got that, and y'all know this, you got the trash bag nigga out here talking shit like that. Yeah, shut <laughs> up, nigga. And Why then the way talking? you shut niggas up and you just, ha, 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 stress them. Then I'm, 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 I'm just going. It seemed like if the trash talking get to a point where I got you not talking no more, that's the worst thing you can ever do. And trash talking, you have to continue. I told you, there's always no two what. ways to go in trash talking. No matter what. And if you decide to continue to trash talk and keep going, you got to keep it up. So the, the, the minute I not add you out and now nah, you, you not, oh, no, nah, you exhausted. You ain't got no more, man. Get this up, this nigga, man. I see blood. So right, it's over. I got to step on you, and, and that's how it usually was. But once I start seeing the trash talk affect people, it, 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 was, it was different for me from how I used it. Was there someone that you loved, you knew that the motherfucker could back it up, Andy was going to talk it to you? Uh, believe it or not, y'all, uh, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, mm. shout out to Timmy. Mm. Tim Duncan, Timmy. people would not see him verbally saying stuff because he wouldn't talk in sentences. <laughs> Preach. Timmy, t- Timmy would hit you in phrases. Got you. Ooh, almost. <laughs> this the worst right here. Nice try. <laughs> like subtle shit, no gangster shit, no real hardcore shit, just to subtly, to just back your ass up and put you back in like this over here. Like, you know, uh, and then what really, what really, what really, really, really pissed me off was when the trash talking wasn't affecting him. So now you spending all this energy trying to rile this up. You not forgot about your own game. You forgot about <laughs> they coming to you that you're supposed to. And then that's when I actually went quit talking trash to Timmy because he wouldn't respond or he wasn't giving me the reaction that I was getting. <laughs> I can't get really get hype off. This nigga ain't really giving me nothing. Look at now, you know, start, you know, doing a little, you know, the shoulder shit and he wouldn't react to that. Yeah. Next thing you know, Timmy got 20, 20, 15, like, I'm here, like, <laughs> so then I started changing that, you know what I'm saying? And then it was natural too. Sometimes you just, you went to it, you know, yeah. two dogs meet in the middle mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it'd be what it is. So, you know, I but, didn't, um, I didn't understand that sometimes with Tim. He, I, I used to come out of the game and Pop just screaming at him, cursing him out. And I'm sitting down there, man, how is you letting this motherfucker talk to you like this? You Tim Duncan. He would never Ain't be saying nothing. So when Pop come to me, I got to be like, 
What the fuck can I say? Tim Duncan taking it. Right. I got to take, take it. Right? But it made me a better player. It Straight made up. me coachable. You know what I'm saying? Straight but up. at first, as soon as Pop going, man, you better get the fuck out of my face. You know what I'm saying? But right. I see you going off on Tim. I got to be able right. to take it. I watched yeah. Gary Payton control. Gary Payton and Charles Barkley was two of the arguably best trash talkers I ever experienced. I saw Gary Payton control the referees, his coach, my coach, the crowd, <laughs> the lady in the front, the guy who was on the side of the Minnesota game sitting in the bucket. He was controlling the whole mm -hmm. game. It's magical. I watched GP back down the guard from uh, baseline to baseline, talking the whole time. <laughs> Shut your ass up. Bow up twist. Hey, get his ass in here. Hey, come up. Hey, you see the hand on the hip, call it if you see. Like, he just. <laughs> that sound like it. Finally hit me. I'm like, how is GP managing all this? He talking to me. He, play, he calling the play. He throwing the ball like yo and still scoring the ball, stealing the ball, affected in the in the huddle. He in the huddle, he got the thing, he drawing it up. Yeah. I'm like, yo, GP to me was like masterful. Charles Barkley was another level of trash talking because he would end up fighting you or trying to fight you, but he instilled fear in everybody on the court. Uh, Gary Payton actually used it to get fouls, mm -hmm. to get his teammates fouls, to uh, get guys in and out like he was just con he was just a control freak, you know. And if you went to a party with Gary, he's doing the same thing. What a drink set! Y'all yeah. ain't drinking shots over yeah. here. Get them you out of here. Who with me, man? Who with them? Right. I was just like, okay, this is GP. This is just who GP is. So yeah, I saw. You know, so I guess that would kind of be my example of if though. Yeah, GP was kind of my example of what I wanted to, but. I give Gary shout to GP man. GP. We was in uh, the, the the everybody's talking about the 20th anniversary of Vince uh, winning the dunk contest in mm -hmm. Oakland, right? What y'all don't know is that Kobe Bryant, rest in peace to my dog. Mm -hmm. He took another level of being a defensive standpoint because Gary Payton at the practice, at the at the practice, All Star practice, pulled us to the side because Kobe asked him something. He pulled both of us to the side. He said, "Let me tell y'all something. Look, when you're playing defense, and then he went through a 30-minute joint mm, with both of tutorial. us with defense." And keeping us between the legs and reaching and how to reach and when you reach up and just little tricks of the trade that next time I saw Kobe after the break, he was using it. Mm -hmm. Became first team that year. Mm -hmm. First time I seen him, I said, you used that shit GP show. He said, you saw it, you saw it. <laughs> I got his ass, you saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> ass, nigga. I saw it. <laughs> I, saw, I caught that you shit. Can, you can I saw it. Nothing, but, but I knew that only the three of us was right. part of that. So I was like, you, did the, you got the yeah, You saw that shit? I thought he was going to call a foul. He didn't call that shit. Wow, because GP taught us when you rip somebody to go through their chest versus using your hand, you see this, right? He told us to take a step and come through your chest and come and then round out. There's no way you can protect the ball. You can't cross it back. Come once you get middle. in there, once I'm in your cab, you can't cross it yeah, up. You would yeah. either have to turn your back. Oh, man, I saw Kobe take that first night. After the break, I saw it. We know, we wasn't no texting and none of that back then, but when I first saw him, I shot there. It stayed right here when I saw him. He knew exactly what I was talking about. Students of the game. Shout out to GP for that, yo. No doubt. So you experienced, I mean, obviously Minnesota it was your first landing spot, and you experienced a lot of, after you got going, a lot of personal success. But as a team, you guys weren't, so as, as competitive as you are, as much as you wanted to win, how did that affect you? Because you're doing well, you're making all-star teams, eventually winning the MVP, but your team is not moving the way you want it to move. You know what, man? I, I, I was, um, I was, I was, um, I was drowning in my own success, if you will. Like once I started seeing like the owner wasn't on the same page as, as growing and making the team better like other teams. And then I got friends that were on other teams and, you know, teams are getting better and they're going out trying to make, doing all this. And, and I would always feel like 
I was in the same spot as last, and that was frustrating. And then, two, I wasn't the most outspoken. I wasn't going to – I didn't see where coming out here talking about the owner of the team was going to actually mm-hmm. give me some That's leverage. That's some new shit. How, like, it didn't work like that. And at the end of the day, you have to carry that out when you do shit like that. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that in this league comes back on you because the owners talk. And there's a buddy-buddy system. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't you know, watch uh, Cavern's uh, whole situation, that'll tell you that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good boys club. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, a, it's definitely a, a billionaire's boys club. So I understood that right off. So I want to affect what I could do. And I would just focus on things that I can control. And when I had a chance to um, change that, I did. But you know, it was very frustrating putting everything into something and knowing that you need the other half to be able to complete these certain steps. So when I had a, first off, you go into the playoffs, then you get put out the playoffs eight straight times. It's mm. like, oh, sh- mm. like, here we go again. And it's almost like thinking like, okay, that next time is that next time. Then I actually get there, we get past it, we get there. And then now I'm thinking like, okay, I got tasted it now. Now I know what it takes, but you need these parts. And if don't nobody equip you to have these, other these parts, parts man, the you, you, man, you can only control. So the Boston thing for me was, it wasn't about uh, anything else. I wanted to win in Minnesota, and I wanted to be the first to uh, I wanted to be the first to bring a championship to the city. But I need the other parts to it. And if Glenn wasn't going to step up and do those things, then I had to actually make a career move. And I should have left a little earlier than I did, just because body-wise and what I wanted mm-hmm. to bring to it. Because when you play at a certain level, your body is the one that takes the beating on it. And um, when I got to Boston, I, I felt like I was a uh, well-prepared uh, professional athlete that can articulate itself to the owner on what I expect out of this. So me and Whit Grossbeck got on the same lines for where me and Glenn Taylor disconnected. I got on the same page with him very early. And it wasn't cool, and there was some smoke involved, and we figured it out. But I wanted him to understand what I was as a man. And I ain't none of these peons that you used to in here. You're going to talk to me with some fucking respect. And I'm a man first, homie. And I stood on that. Give a fuck. I make bread, too. I got a plane, too. I do that, too. Mm. So what you saying? Right. They coming for the name on the back. Not the name on the the front. And that's how I shot it at me. You know, we we got an understanding because of, I guess, his relations with Antoine and and Paul and him being comfortable. I didn't want to make him comfortable. I didn't want him comfortable with me. Because when you're comfortable, you say anything. When you're drunk or you're feeling good, no. Nah, I want you to always be on, be on line with me. Always. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So when I came in, I came in that demeanor. And it made the relationship a lot better. Because it was all about respect versus the intangibles and all the bullshit that comes sometimes get in between that make things rough sometimes. Summer of 07, you end up going to Boston. But yeah. that was our We Believe year. That's when we put a bunch of Memphis, misfits together. And, and did some crazy shit the last half of the season. Made NBA history, beat the first first eight seed, beat the number one seed. Dirk was MVP that year. We busted the whole team's ass. That was crazy. Beat him down. <laughs> to the white meat. How did how did Dirk win MVP that year? You you know, like y'all don't know this, but the MVP up until Dirk, you had to get out of the first round to be able to be considered the MVP, or they would go ahead and give it to somebody else. This is when the Mark Cuban effect comes into play. Right. When your owner goes to your it. back Talk about it. and goes, goes for your back and actually does a campaign on his behalf to his board of partners. And that had to go into play at some point. Because when, you, when y'all did that, 
that totally ripped the hole in the whole plan of whatever it was supposed to be. That was not yep. supposed to happen. Yep. So now you got the whole thing on the backs of these misfits who coming in here doing something that they weren't supposed to. What? Whoa, whoa, what? Y'all yep. not fucked the matrix up, man. What are y'all doing? And then look who on there. What? Huh? Yep. What? It messed it up. Y'all wasn't supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. And then the same, the first thing I said is, man, how is this man winning the MVP? He, we're going to be quiet, man. They put no, dogs. Hey, no, right. my, my, well, we was dogs, though, because he I put... I was watching it, bro. Yeah. I watched it. I, watched, yeah. I was head on swivel, and I was... Yeah. And, and before you know it, you had the whole NBA just riding with y'all. So mm -hmm. that, that shit was gorgeous. Nelly, because Nelly helped build that team, and Nelly was the first one to put me and Jack on dirt. So we put smaller, stronger people, and every yeah. time he turned, we was he on his it. ass. He knew it. And just bullied the fuck out of him. Are we fighting? You either, Straight up. Either you turn the ball over, are we going to fight? What and, you going to do? And early Dirk did not want no, no smoke. smoke. He, he, he was very fragile. He, listen, I say two things about Dirk, Pal Gasol, and Yao Ming. They adjusted so fast Quick, to the coach. They had no choice. Listen, I saw Sean Bradley punk Yao Ming in, in preseason. And I don't know what Steve Francis said to Yao Ming. Didn't happen again. But the next night, I saw him, mm, come on, Yao Ming. Boy, he was dunking that motherfucker yeah. and drop stepping it. Yeah. And that was the Yao Ming I had known. So Dirk did the same thing. The first time I, I played Dirk, I got a sense of fear from him. So I played to that. And I was dunking, I was raw. And you know, Dallas got these mics in the rim, so oh, when you scream, loud. it sound like yeah. you echoing in there. Yeah. Oh, man, great atmosphere to play, right? Great, yeah. Dallas, great, great atmosphere. Great. Shout out to Mark Cuban, too, man, because he nope. changed a lot of coaching in the NBA, yo. No a lot of people don't know, man. He started feeding players way before any of this. He started feeding both sides of, like, competition and his own players. Like, mm -hmm. when you after the, after the game, y'all, do you know I had to either have the ball boys run across the street and grab some Taco Bell or some fucking McDonald's or something upstairs in the Concord mm. to be able to have food. Or and then I'm I'm 18, 19. I can't get in no strip club. I can't get in nothing after the. Oh no, young fella, you can't come in here. No, we ain't here serving drinks too. Yeah, you got to. It was almost like I had to go through the back door or something, dog. Like being young in the league. Oh no, it was a whole nother. But Mark Cuban started providing real meals. I'm talking about like. Barbecue, Steak, like grandma, chicken, like you yeah. got goddamn greens, collard greens, two different yeah. meats, chicken, fried this, that, catfish. That barbecue fish. sauce was fire like, too. Goddamn, what is this? That motherfucking barbecue and, sauce and, and, they had was fire. You know fired. what I did, dog? I used to make my food and, and walk all the way around and thank him because he yeah. used to sit out there. I say, Mr. Mark Cuban, thank you for the food, man. I appreciate it. Now the food is like a customary thing. Now you got to have it in the mm -hmm. league, but he started that. Mark sure. Cuban started all that. Yeah. He was also one of the leaders too. If you look at his organization, the PP hired, he got a lot of uh, players that played for him, yep. working for him now. Right. And a lot, and a lot of people don't acknowledge Mark, that for Mark yep. Cuban. Yep. Yep. If you Mike look at Finley. all these teams, mm -hmm. a lot of teams that got ex-players yeah. that, that want jobs, yep. that want to work yep. for the teams they play for. If you look at Mark Cuban, his co from coaching rosters to work, to Mike Finley working in the office with yep. him. It's a lot of his players. You got to give him credit for that. Listen, yeah. man, I, I'm, I'm banking that at some point, Dirk's going to buy into the team, yep. and he's going to probably be Oh, no question. I mean, it's only right. I was. Rest in peace to my dog. I was waiting on Cove to do the same thing, though. Yeah. Real talk. T you know, I, I mm -hmm. tell P all the time. You was with Boston. You. you should be able to have the ability. I think that if you put enough blood, sweat, and tears in these organizations, they should want it. you should have at least the option to be able to buy into or be able to have a piece of it. Hell, you helped build it. No and, oh, and, and then that's not given. You earned that. That's what I'm saying, you earned, that. You earned that. When I got the Minnesota, man. That shit was like worth $89 million or something. He paid a couple joints. Man, we got in 10 years in that. That shit was almost at a billion, man. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you don't mm -hmm. get none of that. You know, you don't get none of that, that appreciation for that. But, you know, that culture and that what people know and why they come into the games, you built all that and sweat, nice. blood, and equity. And you don't get a choice to be in that. 
that has to change at some point. Right. I love it. Right. So, like I said, we did that in oh, we did that in oh seven, and then we Stop. heard rumors. I don't know if, if you even even heard the shit, but we it was word that we were going after you for a whole package, and you were supposed to come complete us as our centerpiece <laughs> to our crazy did ass you have, team. Did, did you, you ever hear that? that? Yeah, I heard about y'all, man. Ooh. <laughs> I, look, look, hold on. This look. Okay. So we've been we've been talking about this for years. We spoke we on this all the time. We knew about it. We heard it. Like when we heard on the team. We tri- was tripping. Like KG? Well, they, well, send anybody, man. KG, send the whole team, the coach, anybody. We need KG. Listen, I, We I never look, know you knew about it. I looked at it like this. I was like, man, I got one chance at this show. Right, right. I ain't mad at I had, it. I had Oakland. I had Phoenix. I had uh, the Lakers. And I had the Celtics. And uh, I'm just being honest with everybody. I wanted to link with Cole. Cause Kobe and I had like a not? listen to me. Kobe and I had like a, a, a different a different connect. Like when Kobe and Shaq went 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 on they, they little thing. A lot of people went with Shaq. A lot of people didn't even fuck with Kobe. You know Kobe whatever. I'm one of the, one of the very few that just stayed with him. And just I was a neutral guy anyway. I show everybody love. You but know Kobe love dogs. But Kobe respect yeah. dogs. <laughs> like. Like the like real like real cat star. You, if you ever noticed, he never really got into it with somebody that he really respected. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I watched when you and him went at it, and you you threw the ball. He flinched. It was a form of respect there that he was. They was talking. Nobody noticed, but they was talking no, simultaneously. Was like, nigga, I wish you would hit me with this mm-hmm. ball. You got more respect than me than mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So him and Matt was. T- I already knew that, but players know this. Yeah. Yeah. And then you already know who I'm. If we get into it and we get the tech, it's verbal. verbal. If we bump and we bumping, I'm already knowing what he's saying to me yeah, yeah. without even talking. So that's how that's we a used real to shit. Um, real shit. That. Like real not shit. even thinking. That's how players actually was talking and dealing with each other. So whenever I would watch him get into it with somebody and he actually would get into it, it was either because he didn't respect them and it went like that, or he respected them and it went a whole nother way. Yeah, the people don't know. That's how, like, when we got into it in 2010, the ball fake shit, like, he was the first person to call me in free agency. Like, yo, you want to come be a Laker? Anyone yeah. crazy enough to fuck with me yeah. is crazy enough. And he went and got Ron the year before when Ron was right. in Houston. He's like, right. I'm tired of wrestling with you crazy motherfuckers. Right. Come fuck with me. Well, <laughs> well I, I tried to link with him, and I couldn't get him on the line. And um, uh, people was like, yo, man, shit, man. Let's mm. do what you going to do, mm. shit. Mm. You know, Pete, shit, I'm going mm. over here, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and Chauncey and T. Lou, we used to all work out together in L.A. and we was all together in uh, Minnesota. When they say that you can go talk to people, that's when they done with you. When mm. they give you permission to go talk to other teams and when they give you permission to entertain other, other options, they over you. They done moved on. So y'all don't know, yo, I get up at like 4.30. You know why I get up at 4.30? Because I live in L.A. and it's a cat in New York getting up at seven he up already working already actually if he got up at six i'm an hour and 30 behind this cat so i used to think like this amari in new york there's some cats on the east coast they already working in atlanta damn i'm late so i used to hit the beach like 4 30. and then i used to you know i used to go through all this with with the workout and then the gym and then i'm done by like 12 right and then i used to think like damn yo they don't even respect that a nigga get up and do this every day like this and they gonna let me just so I started losing appreciation for them appreciating me. And I was like, you know what? Somewhere somebody else is gonna show you some mm-hmm. love, you know, or so you hope so. And then I sat with Chauncey and them because they used to meet me in the workout in the middle of the workout when we went to the gym. And they was like, Chauncey, like, dog, you gotta get off that shit. Him and T. Lou was just showing me like, yo, you gotta. This your chance to go get with somebody 
and you can give them somebody real, and you can, man, that same shit you're doing in soda, boy, you go put that with somebody else, mm. boy, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I was like, shit, I shouted at Kobe, he ain't really picked the line up, you know what I'm saying? So T. Lou and Cole close, so he was like, shoot at him again, see what he on. So I shot it, he ain't hit back, so I, was, I had to make a decision coming down. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm making decisions by myself and shit, so this is the first time I got to, I'm, I'm talking to my, 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 my wife at the time, and I'm like asking her, like, and she's like, go with your gut. So I was like, shit, Danny Ainge flew in, and he just got right to it and showed the vision. And he, the vision he was saying, you ever have somebody talk to you, and as they talking to you, you can see what they're saying so yeah. much that you're not even Listen looking at them no more, mm-hmm. but you see it. That's how he was painting. Mm-hmm. And like he was a, a Picasso, and this mm-hmm. is Danny Ainge's greatness and him being able to lure you in his charming ass you know what i'm saying i didn't even know he was finessing me and we was doing that you know what i'm saying we up and doing that, you know what i'm saying saucy like a motherfucker right but then what i did know um i had watched him a couple times and um when i first saw a film of rondo in in madison square garden he got the crazy clip of he scored a ball i think he stole it and then get an and one and something so i saw that but i thought his name, my, my ADD ass, thought he was African or some shit. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, what's up with the little African guards y'all got up there? <laughs> so he was like, you talking about Sebastian? Nah, I know Sebastian. I'm talking about the little, the little, the little African nigga. So, so they like, African? He's like, African? I was like, yeah. Uh, you know, Rejun or something. Uh, he was like, he was like, Oh, you talking about Rajon? You talking about Rondo? Like, yeah, yeah Rondo. Rondo. You, from you gotta keep, you gotta keep the little African kid, yo. If I, I come to Boston, you gotta keep the African kid, cause he was in the package. I was like, he's like, uh, I think he's gonna. So, no, we can't do it then. And then I actually called Steve Nash just to courtesy, and the, 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 I guess the call he hit me back was like, yo, if you come down here. We need you to take a major pay cut. And I was like, okay, uh, if I come down there, I'm playing with you, I'm playing with you and uh, Amari, right? He's like, yeah, I think they're gonna give Amari up for you and and and, and Sean. And I said, so who am I? Just me and you? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. so I gotta take a pay cut. Then I gotta get back in this position. And we in the West too, y'all. So this ain't, you know. I'm sitting here like, man. Think about all this shit, like, you know what I'm saying? So I just sat on it. It's like, nah, I'm, I'm going to Beantown. Plus, it's the East Coast. I ain't never playing the East Coast. You didn't give us a thought. I, when I looked at all my options, we was at the bottom. <laughs> respectfully, love, though. respectfully love, though, you know love, what I'm saying? Because I was seeing how y'all was, but I needed, I needed a superstar in that whole mix. Y'all yeah. was, y'all was like some bandits. Y'all yeah. was like the. Y'all was like the little, the little rats on City of God, running around, yeah. stealing, yeah. getting yeah. shot, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You had Word. to respect them little niggas Word. in there, though, you Word. know what I'm saying? Them rats, y'all, yeah. y'all know City of God? Yeah, yeah. The rat, the little niggas in yeah. that, they all, yeah. oh, man, they was little hoodlums, they ran yeah. the street. Like 20 of them. That's how y'all was. Yeah. We played y'all, it was like, oh, man, they switch everything, they got this unorthodox. You thinking Steven here battling with you, stopping, hitting the three, now I get up, he, he dang, dunking that. Like it was just so unorthodox at the time that y'all yeah. had the it was new. y'all had the whole league like off the square like, and then it's like oh, they look like they just having fun. I can't come over there with my serious ass with all that. <laughs> so, you know, synergy is everything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So no I'm, I'm just looking Facts. at it, like, 
I want to play against the niggas too, though. You know what I'm saying? On the inside, yeah. we looking at it like, boy, we Ooh, can replace can imagine? KG with Beedrick, replace uh, Beedrick with KG. Oh, it's a difference. Wow. It's a difference. With all us on the outside, actually having somebody throw them, because, you know, Al had to go at Yao Ming and shit like that. I was about to say, and then when Al was suffering, man, Al was suffering, but when Yao Ming turn, it's really nothing nobody can do, yo. Like, Yao's jump shot is, like, all the way up here. Like, you, like, on the turnaround, you, like, oh, man, there's no. Hope he missed. What am I doing? What am I doing? used to get Al two days off after we played Yao Ming. I get it. And you know what? Al used to actually keep him out the paint. You know what? Keep him out the paint. If you do, if you do your work early, and that's the that's the kind of the lingo, and where means. you don't let him come down and sit mm-hmm. on the block. Problem is, Yao Ming can oh, damn near be at the three point line and do the same turnaround and hit it like it was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yao's touch, oh man, yeah, he was sick. And fresh. shout to Yao Ming, man. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. be another Yao Ming like mm-hmm. that, man. He was he was something special, mm-hmm. yo. For sure. Straight up, but um, I ended up doing the Boston thing, and then on draft night they uh, they got Ray, and uh, it made the whole deal a lot sweeter. And we was we was going after that, bro. I knew we was going, no bullshit, I knew we was going to win that shit. The first time I, um, we stepped into like the first, like, you know how like September coming, you all work out together? Yeah. And I saw how the, how that shit was. I had never been in like a first workout with guys I had never played with. And it was just, uh, uh, it was just. Clockwork. It was just, uh, it was just. And then the guys we was playing against, James Posey, fucking like, we was just playing a bunch of the next, uh, Eddie House. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of just T- Tony, Tony Allen. Allen. Man, yeah. go get us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Perk. Yeah. Leon Poe. Nate Big Robinson. baby in here, mm-hmm. and they wasn't there yet. Oh, next year. Just the first year mm-hmm. we was all together, and it was just, uh, 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 uh. I heard folk come in, or I heard folk tell a story about when we first played. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, but the synergy was there day one. I knew I knew we had a chance to get somewhere that we was not normal from when I was doing this. This wasn't normal. This was above average right here. This is what I was looking for. So you guys kind of started, I mean, through a different process, but the big three. I mean, you get Paul, yourself, you get Ray, draft night, mm. and the synergy's yeah, instant. I guess so, yeah. yeah. You know, the synergy's like instant. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> the synergy is instant. Yeah. I guess when you put it like that, yeah, inadvertently, inadvertently, we wasn't, like, mapping it out like right. that. Mm-hmm. I think Ray was trying to come back east, too, uh, because of his, uh, you know, he had foundings in Connecticut and uh, family mm-hmm. that was, you know, in that area or whatever. So he was just trying to come back and tra- transition and kind of let that be like the tail end and be on that side. So I think it was all just synergy with him. And it just all came together. It helped that Paul and I was friends. I knew Ray yeah. uh, and, and I, we were friends. Uh, but we didn't know none of the younger guys. T.A. was a younger version of Chicago when I was in Chicago. Um, Leon Poe, they was all younger versions. Big Baby, he was all younger versions. I had new Perk. I had played against Perk. Perk and I used to play like... We used to bang. I mean, like, really have issues with each other to where I had to ask Pete, like, yo, you know, we coming over here, Perk gonna be okay? Because, man, you don't know. Like, when we go at it, we really... About to fight. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be like, you know how, like, if one person, like, go I'll like this, one, like... Yeah, it, it, it's it, over. Bam! You yeah. know, I was just wonder gonna wait. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you I'm can't be, you can't get fired on second. That's a good thing. You gotta get come down like that. And I'm just like, yo, why this little high-head nigga, like, this garbage-ass nigga coming out here like you cool, right? Nigga, you trash, nigga. I'm not going to interact with you, nigga. Like, who is this? Not knowing that he coming out of high school, he's looking up to me, he trying to, he trying to, you know, he trying to, he trying to, trying I raised to set him. his shit, right? I raised him. That's but I'm like, right there. I don't give a fuck who you is, nigga. Who? Kendrick, who? You're nobody, nigga. Nobody. Ha! Ha! I gave him 12, like, real quick. <laughs> I better get this nobody off me out here. 
Who you talk to? I ain't no nobody, yep, nigga. I said, what you want, though, nigga? You ain't said, man, nigga. What you want, though, nigga? I'm bald mouth. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, it's fine. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing, I don't know what you're saying, nigga. What you saying? Speak up, nigga. Then I headbutted him. Speak up, nigga. You ain't talking loud enough, nigga. We both got texts. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I'm, but I'm going. And then, uh, Tony Petit on that team. They a bunch of young cats out Jefferson. So I'm in here goaltending they shit, throwing that, peace, no, that shit out of here, mine. You know what I'm saying? Just messing yeah. with him, seeing what, you know, if they, you know. Where he was. So they, they, they you know, as we say, let me see if he going to scratch. Yeah. They, they scratch it. So yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I like these young cats. I knew what I had with that. You know what I'm saying? Because there was a whole bunch of young guys coming up in the league. That we was needing to have some young guys mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, met that too. So it was, it was good. Tell me what it was like getting a chance to play with Paul Pierce, because to me, he's one of the most underrated, most scores, underrated. clutch motherfuckers in the history of the game. Best footwork yeah. all time. Listen, man, me and P played together uh, very young in life. And uh, if anybody know P, P is very similar to like a Steph or like an AI. When I interact with like a, um, I would say a bigger ego than mine, uh, I played a second, and, and if anybody know me, know that I'm a very confident person, very sure person, and I can play the side. I'm never going to play the front. If it's a side door, I'm off to the side. I'm, a, I'm more of a shadow person. My nigga P is a totally opposite from that. He want to come through the front door. He won't let him ignore it. I'm the truth. He going, you know, he swag. Yeah. So with that, he was always able to back that up when we was talking mm-hmm. trash or when we got into whatever. It wasn't something that he couldn't get himself out of, but that's how he operated. He needed that, that extra whatever, that oomph or that, or that swag to, to get him to perpetuate. And uh, I saw him in some of the most critical moments be very calm and very even played and even killed to where he was so sure of himself to where he took big shots and he hit him. My, fa- my, fa- my favorite P joint is him and Al Harrington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people he don't know that these two are really good friends, and yeah. we're all really good friends. Yeah. And these are two monsters. If anybody know Al, Al ain't backing down from Shit. nothing. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Like, Al ain't going nowhere. Y'all think Jack, like, imagine Jack, well, no, nah, I can't say that with another 200 pounds, but Al yeah. is just right there. Jack, yeah. like, metal world piece, Jack, Al, you getting the same, ooh, you better come with a hard hat. <laughs> and when he was talking that shit, he was like, yeah, I'm going to hit you in the head right here. I'm Hold letting on. you know. I'm letting you know right now. Well, let me see it. Then let me see. Okay, you want to see it? And I was like, oh. And when P hit, like straight up, that's one of my favorite basketball moments just because both of those guys are my friends. But I was able to take something from Paul that some of that even kills, some of that calmness, some of that, that laser. Like, you know, you think you focus until you see somebody else do their or go through their whatevers. And I was able to you know, take some of that calmness and incorporate it into some of my own game to where I felt it made me a better player. But um, P is probably one of the more underrated players of all times that we, uh, that we have in our history that don't get enough uh, slack or don't get enough uh, recognition in my take. You were able to help bring back the Celtics-Laker rivalry. You guys met in the finals. You guys got one. They got one. Tell me what it was like going against Shaq and Kobe with your squad. Uh, before I got to Boston and I would uh, battle uh, the Lakers, it was always the premier game. It was nothing less. Playing Shaq was always uh, entertaining. It was always uh, hierarchy. It was always, um, it was always the pinnacle. 
Uh, Kobe and I knew each other. Shaq and I would befriend each other and become friends later. Um, but the matchups was always high end. They was always uh, electric. I was always felt like I was under man. So when I had Perk, who would who battle, who would battle anybody and don't care about anything, right? <laughs> um, Shaq was in Cleveland as we was making our runs and stuff. So I felt like this was a great time to have redemption on that whole Kobe and Shaq thing. In the West, I felt like this was redemption. And now, um, you know, they was kind of separated so that when I, when I actually went up against both of those guys, it felt like a payback for me. But um, that shit won less than, won less than magical, like mm. epic. Like, not a lot of shit talking out here, but it's a lot of buckets. It's a lot of, ah, mm. it's a lot of tapping. It's a lot of, mm. you know, it's the a looks. lot of, yeah. Mm -hmm. You better get over here, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and it's a bunch of, nah, ain't no switching. <laughs> and it was went both ways. Even though the big fella was big and he knew he was a house, I told him uh, when he came out to Cleveland and then and Doc was like, yo, I need you to guard Shaq for like two minutes. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Guarding Shaq is like holding up the side of a house, y'all. Yeah. I was trying to see a wall in here, see if it's a wall. I can't even describe it, but I played Shaq for two minutes and couldn't give nobody no high five. I was just like this. <laughs> arms done. Listen, arms no shit. Dead. My arms were so tired, y'all. I couldn't, I couldn't. Like, if you slap me, I would have to be like this. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even guard. I couldn't even protect myself. But playing those two brought the best out of you every time you played them. Um, every time you played Kobe, it was nothing shy or nothing, nothing less than the electric. And it was all about uh, wins. It was all about wins and rings. And when I got to Boston, it was just it was just just different times. Mm -hmm. But I've always enjoyed playing against those guys. It was always a, a challenge to play those guys, and it was always hard to get a win on them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Straight up. So, uh, Hall of Fame career. I mean, you'll be going inducted in 2020. How do, I mean, tell me what that kid from South Carolina that came up the way you came up. Mom's working graveyard. Right. You having to do what you had to do. To ever think that <coughs> 25 years later you could be inducted to the Hall of Fame? Tell me what that feels nah, like. I never thought that. I never really, I never really cite my. I really never put that on the goal. Never put that on the paper. It was all about busting these guys' ass right here and crossing their name out. It was always about being the best in this right here and putting your name at the top. And that, and that, and that was it. I, I, I never really uh, imagined taking this and being global. I never had a vision of that. I just wanted to. Be able to have a list of motherfuckers that you thought was better than me, and I wanted to bust all their ass, and that was it. Kobe had a kill list too. We yeah, talked about we, we, we did it last year. You ain't got list. no kill list. What you doing? You ain't got no vision. Who you chasing? Who you beating? Who the king of the mountain? Like right. That's what that's what competition is, yo. It's about who's on king of the mountain, who's on top, and how and how you can take him off that or her. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like straight up. And then that's polishing your tools, and at the same time pushing it. You know, you got to push this line of creativity. Got to push this lines of competition. Got to push this line of originality. You know, like for me, that that's everything. Mm -hmm. Jack and I are someone, we've talked about this with other guests, you know, guys that use cannabis throughout our career because we felt like it helped us sleep, pain, no, focus, no, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. What do you everything. think, how with the, the narrative finally shifting about cannabis? What about your, your thoughts about cannabis and sports? I think education, man. I think uh, when it comes to cannabis, people have to understand that um, uh, I think they see cannabis in a recreational use. And the educational has to come out about the, about the, uh, about the, the healing parts mm -hmm. of it and the benefits of it. Uh, I, think, I think as a society, Meaning that it's a more older, uh, 
a more older society thinking of the ways of recreation. It's the more millennials and, and younger kids just really exposing and giving this education to the benefits. And um, I think our society is changing, and I think everybody's starting to see this. More, more importantly, the benefits. I think the sooner they get CBDs into sports, I think we'll start to see a bigger change. You know, you guys don't know that. We probably take about six to seven pills a night before we play. No clue. And that's just idea. to be able to step on the court. You got Innocent, you got Vioxx, you got two Tylenol, you got two Advils. The kidney is over supposed to be able to process for so much. If we're not hydrating and bringing liquids and fluids and draining that, your, your, your liver is catching all that. Your kidneys are catching all that. Man, believe it or not, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in joint pain to be able to sit up here just how we sitting. If your shit's hurting, hey, man, let me stretch this motherfucker out. Yeah, he moved like six times. Man. And listen, and shit is popping and shit is moving and get out this seat is an issue. And you never think about that shit as you're putting it in and as you're going. You just think about, you know, short-term uh, solutions. Um, cannabis has brought some of those solutions to, to date to where they're more beneficial for the organs and for your everyday. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, you know, um, I always say to who's his own, use his own. Mm -hmm. Just be respectful and responsible with it. You know Home stretch right here. Your top five team without yourself. Who's your top? Who's your starting five minus yourself? Uh, uh, I'm gonna go Magic, Cole, Jordan, uh, Wilton, Shaq. Going really big, really firm. Nobody's showing. I want to be able to switch. I want to be able to switch one through three. Just funnel everything Send to the to middle, the big fella. Lay everybody mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. on my bench. I got, yeah, I got, I got. I know I got uh, Russell. I got Russell on my bench because he gonna come in and bring a whole nother pain. I got Elijah on at my four. Um, I gotta put Jamal Mashburn because he's one of my Ooh. favorite players. Shout out, man. At three and um, yeah, I'm gonna put Steph and AI at my one and Ooh. two just because oh I love God. Steph and AI. You know what I'm saying? See what they did tough. in 2000 at the All Star yeah, listen, game. Man, man, AI is probably another superstar who doesn't really get a lot of recognition Ooh. off of. Superstar. AI was a goddamn beyond a superstar. He was a he was a culturally superstar. Icon. He wasn't he wasn't afraid of um, anything. Anything. He was he was he was really the the, the example of <laughs> small ball and really taking it to another level. Like AI, yeah. like I call him A Easy because he make everything look mm -hmm. easy. And uh, shout out to AI, man, and everything yeah. he did. No you know question. what I'm saying? Real shit. Seeing that we're here at All Star, what is what is your favorite All Star moment? Favorite All Star moment, uh, Vince, sitting Ooh. on the floor. Believe it or not, I got that footage too, y'all. No, nope, they, they just showed, showed it last nope. night. Oh, you had it no, on the camera. I got, I got the right. yeah. No, no. Can you nope. see it? Come see me. <laughs> Motherfuckers think y'all getting this shit for free. Y'all kiss my ass. Right. Garnet Inc. Holla. Right. But I got that. That was probably one of my favorite because all my friends is probably two couple rows and we got to see that. And it was the first time the world got to really see Vince. Like we knew Vince in high school, grew up, yada, yada. And for him to like put that on display like that and just give us an unbelievable. A lot of people don't know. Um, uh, Tracy and uh, Steve, that, too. Yeah. Stacy and that Steve was, was in that, too. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That was one of the better. Before um, mm -hmm. Zach and uh, mm -hmm. Gordon, uh, that, that was probably oh, yeah, my yeah. favorite. That was mm -hmm. probably my favorite uh, dunk contest some time. But out of all the stuff, man, I've, I've always been able to uh, pull something out of each All-Star game. Um, one of my favorites was coming out. I was getting ready to um, 
I was leaving the All-Star game and I had a bag of stuff and I was coming out and Craig Sager needed an interview for his closeout. I remember that. I remember and I didn't want to do it and I was trying to, you know, we in here back look like, you know, like, you know how you play shadow and you're trying to get by somebody. I'm like, Craig, what you doing? I got to catch my plane, get the fuck out of here, yada, yada. So I, my assistant, my, shout to Bill, I call him Shitty. I threw Shitty the bag and said, yo, Shitty, take this to the plane. And, and I'm trying to get out. He's like, yo, just give me two seconds. I need an hour. I said, get the fuck out of my way. And I kind of pushed him, you know, I kind of gave him some whatever. And he was like, man, and I saw how he lost it. Come on, man, fuck it, come on. And he, and, and I was like, I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. He's like, okay, just give me this. I just need 30 seconds to get out of here. Okay, 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 and go. And then I saw what he had on. I looked and I said, oh, hold on, hold on, fuck it, hold on. Hold on. Right, so look, you know, I never try to go at you, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, really, what the fuck is this, dog? <laughs> like, really, you came to the game like this, dog? And he was trying to get an interview, and I was like, nah, fuck all that, low, no, burn all this shit. Yeah. Everything, the green thong to all this, and he, <laughs> yeah, all of it, yo. Thong, and and kind of gave him a little sound bite and said what up to everybody, and then got out of there, and I turned around, and I was like, gave him a shout, he said, thanks. The but, great, yeah, the something great, like great. that. Rest great. in peace, great. Shout, shout to Craig, yo. Yeah. Hey, we norm- I know we normally end the show, y'all, with a with a begging segment, but before I do my begging segment, I want to, we have some stuff for you. Oh, sure. We have some All the Smoke gear for you. Yeah, right. okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so some of them yeah. Matt Barnes pre-rolls in that motherfucker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't cut me short you now, did. right. You did. Shout to the GOAT, but, man. Right. As we giving you your all the smoke gear, gonna pass it to my brother. Hey. Where, where's Shitty at? Shitty, give it to Shitty. Throw to Shitty. You the first that. one. Shitty, hey, go grab this but, but, but this is what we do need, though. Oh, okay, what y'all this, need? This is Jack's yeah. Vegas. Yeah. No, I need, for something, boy. Ain't I need for free, a KG baby. jersey. You need Signed a KG for the jersey? House. Yeah, okay. I don't care what team it is. You gotta pick a team? I don't, I don't care what team it is. Okay. You were great your whole career to me. Okay. All right. I got you. That's all I need. Well, man, that's a wrap, man. We just really hey, want to thank y'all, Chicago. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Come back here. First live show. Yeah. Real shit. It was live. But also, Shout man. to STK, too, yo. Word yeah. up. STK, but for right. real, I, I right. think, obviously, in, in, in the tragedy of Cole, rest in peace. We want to give you your flowers while you're here, man. We appreciate everything you did for the game, your greatness, the way you've passed it to this next generation. Straight and up. just fucking being you, man. We respect the shit out of you for that, man. Good and thank shit, you. Man. Thank you, man. I appreciate no doubt. y'all, man. Good luck. Appreciate you, man. Keep yeah. on y'all team, man. Yeah. Thanks, shit. My shit, Big Jack. Big K Jizzle. Yeah. That's a wrap. We're smoking <laughs> in the back. Come fuck with us. <laughs> Roll it. I gotta Light pee. it. I gotta okay. pee. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.